Hello and welcome to a very romantic special episode of Chats. Wow. Wow. Hubba hubba. My love language is Three Stooges. <laughs> Same. If you can't tell, I'm joined by the love of my life when it's not Magellan. <laughs> I'm joined by uh, Pat from the... It's Pat from the Brothers of Infinite War. Hello. Uh, I, today is the Brothers of Infinite Love. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're the Brothers of Infinite Love. Oh. Yeah. What, yeah. What, one day a year. <laughs> then yeah. the war starts. So this is our special <laughs> Valentine's Day episode. Uh, Pat and I are buds, thanks to the Chats community. You uh, have been on since Chatsalon 5, at least, and have been a, 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 yep. a great friend and community member. Um, and you reached out to me, right? And you were like, hey, I love this, by the way, folks. Like, if Just you're be- a regular Chats person, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. It was, it, was, it was like, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be fun to put something yes. out for Valentine's Day? It's just yeah. you and I, you who is in a committed relationship and me who is question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't like to reveal details of my personal life to people uh, right. unless I have to, right. unless it's fun for a bit. Yeah. Like if you're like, if you're describing it as like Baldur's Gate talent picks, like uh, how far in the talent tree are you? I don't know. Yeah. That's way more fun. Or like in Simpsons references, <laughs> which we just spent like an hour talking about. So yeah. Yeah. In, in classical <laughs> chats, fashion, fashion, uh, the pre-pod was very extended. Um, people are always like, why do you guys release the pre-pod? <laughs> That's basically what Chats Nights is, is pre-pod, but it, pre-pod's a lot stupider because it's usually Magellan doing vocals. <laughs> I'm sorry to make fun of him. He like does vocal stims for like five <laughs> minutes and he'll just like sing a song and I'll be like, all right, we're done. Let's let's stop singing and he'll just keep singing and I have to like... <laughs> <laughs> or we like the, make The biggest thing that happened in the pre-roll... <laughs> the biggest happened in the pre-roll was Napoleon Dynamite's grandmother was like, Alan, make yourself a quesadilla. <laughs> come on gosh i wonder if that movie holds up i don't know i truly don't it, i think it does i i i i i think it does but i think you have to have like a uh mindset for that humor yeah going to it the right it, yeah because it doesn't exist in a reality <laughs> not I unlike people... red dwarf <laughs> yeah oh god i i don't want to drop your beautiful segue i was just gonna say quickly i think most people i know who like um jared hess director of napoleon dynamite prefer either nacho libre if you're younger or gentleman broncos if you're older is, is my see, i haven't seen gentleman broncos but i have i did watch nacho libre and i still like napoleon more gentleman but, broncos but... has my fucking favorite actor michael angarano and i always he just like started dating someone or got married to somebody and i was like what do i know michael angarano from first of all he was the main guy in sky high but more importantly, he's young right. William in Almost Famous, which I often cite as my favorite film of all time. So he was a little taught, like a fucking little <laughs> elementary school kid. And now he's oh, a big boy actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. He was in Oppenheimer. Wow. Dude has been Wait, in a lot of stuff. He was. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are just in Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, he's Robert yeah, exactly. Server, if that helps at all. A physicist. No. no. Yeah what no but speaking of science uh science fiction <laughs> something that pat and i enjoy quite a bit science gone wrong science gone wrong <laughs> something else that we enjoy is red dwarf uh pat i've never actually asked you this question but what is your history with red dwarf red dwarf was of those vhs tapes the i don't know if, you know cassette tapes that we would my brother and i would watch on loop it was like mm-hmm. this prize because you know this is back when finding something from the BBC on physical media was difficult because they had different yeah. formats, right? So <laughs> it was, 
I think it was, um, I'm, I'm imagining the spine of the VHS and I think it said PBS on it. So it was like a BBC America, a BBC before BBC America. released by PBS, a BBC right. PBS release, kind of like what's in that game? master masterpiece theater, but they would never call it that, even though right. I think it is a masterpiece, but, yes. um, especially for the longest time we had this series, which Camille's from series four and series five, I believe maybe series three. Mm-hmm. Um, we had those on VHS for a very long time and eventually, uh, Nick got more of the copies on VHS Wow. And I don't know what happened to them because then Nick got them on DVD and then uh, Nick got them for me on DVD. So, but, what a hero. but this season and season series, sorry, I don't say series, series three, four, and five, I've watched on loop over and over again. We bring it to the cottage. It would just be something you put on. It was, it was great. Um, but it's, it's like Simpsons. It's something that we quote all the time. Like I'm going to tell the, the great joke that Nick and Nick loves was the it's not from this episode but from the terraform episode where they all have to tell oh, Rimmer yeah. how much how much they love him to save the day and there was a there was a family dinner where my brother had a particularly rough day at school and he after he explained it my mom my dad and my sister they're all like oh no nick no no it's okay no and they're being really supportive like a good family mm-hmm. and nick looks right at me like your turn and i was like nick it's true they really do care about you <laughs> and <laughs> and you know what you know from me he would never have taken anything else without like you know like he's like that's what i needed to hear i needed to hear like <laughs> the thing that i would say to you because he would have right. done that to me but that's it's like the simpsons that my brother and i quote red dwarf way too much that other people in the room don't know what the heck we're talking about anymore. right you're speaking our own little language mm-hmm. exactly like, which is british and, television british television yeah I think we had like you know there's other British shows like Faulty Towers and Father Ted, Mr. Bean. Those are like the big ones in our house. Um, but Red Dwarf was the one that like you know it kind of pushed my sister and my mom out because my sister got sick of it and my mom couldn't yeah. stand it. So it was the boys in their silly sci-fi British sitcom. Boys from the dwarf. Also, boys from the dwarf. But we also like huge Hitchhiker's Guide fans, and this is like basically oh, yeah. the closest you can get really to like a Hitchhiker's sitcom. True, that's uh, a really good. Point. Even to the point where like the, the the four books that exist for Red Dwarf are very much like yeah, Hitchhikers, like Terry Pratchett, Douglas Adams style, bit of Neil Gaiman style to it. Gotcha, but, gotcha. Yeah, so a big part of my childhood for sure, and I've kept okay. it alive in my heart. And um, as for me. Points. Oh, it's Valentine's Day, so we're going to talk about Camille, which is Series 4, Episode 1, but just briefly. Uh, I had no experience with Red Dwarf for years. I had kind of heard tales of it and never – it wasn't easy to access for a while. Nowadays, it's on Tubi in the United States, and it's like in other places. I think on BritBox, they have all of it. Um, yeah. And I had never I had never been in like a rush to watch it because nobody – I didn't know anyone that was even a big fan. Even my British friends were like, yeah, some of us liked it. And maybe it doesn't hold up so well. And then 2020 comes by, and I had this coworker who, if you're listening to this, Jay, hello, I miss you, and we should talk soon or hang out. Um, and she was obsessed <laughs> with Red Dwarf, and it's, you know it's COVID, like early, early COVID. And so once they put us back in the office, there weren't anybody, nobody was coming in to pick up security badges. That's what we did for work. So we had so much free time Ooh. in this big empty office. I'm going there eight hours a day. She brings in eight, the like first, I think at least six seasons our series and on dvd is and it like the big box is it the big yeah big box 
Yeah, so I think that's I think that's done. up to season eight. I think it's series okay. eight. Okay. Yeah. And she would stash that in a drawer, and we would just, like, put it on one of our computers and, like, watch when it got quiet. Like, after 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. And it was kind of, like, a thing to look forward to in a really bad time. And, you know, watching it with a fan who would be like, oh, this episode's going to be really great. This episode introduces a new character. Like, it was such a nice experience that, like, I'll never be able to really recreate. And, uh, yeah, I I really kind of, like, fell in love with it. I know that it's, like, it's a bunch of guys doing British humor, but, like... I'm obsessed with the world building of Red Dwarf. I've always thought that, like, the way that they establish, like, why these guys are on the Red Dwarf, what their jobs are, what the rest of the world thinks of them, why they were assigned here, and all that stuff is, like, really, really well done and, like, subtle, uh, you know, underneath a really solid, well-written, well-acted sitcom. Like, a classic, yeah. you know, situational comedy in a interesting sci-fi world. Um, it's absolutely... I was to say absolutely like the typical sitcom, but with the sci-fi layer on top of it. Like it's the it's the odd was the odd couple, but yeah, you know it's that you you have your hologram dead roommate is torturing you. And you're the only yeah, your ho- <laughs> right, your hologram dead roommate. Uh, uh, what freaking Dave list? Nope, Rimmer. I always get them mixed up. Rimmer's the hologram. That's yeah, Arnie. Chris. Yeah, Arnie. Ace, Ace you got Rimmer, you've got Craig Charles, this list, Dave Lister, the sort of rebel vagabond. He's like a bit of a bum that he calls himself. He likes Indian food, especially chicken vindaloo. I remember that being a thing. And then uh, you've got Cat, who is a cat that was a, that is a person. Or it's like a cat and a person's DNA fused or something. Or no, it's an no, offspring a, of the, pa- the evolution. cat. It's oh, just yeah, if cats better. were left for two million years on a ship with a bit of radiation, then they would evolve into humanoids. And he just happens to act like every cat you have where they're obsessed with how they look grooming. And yeah. What if a cat was a person? Yeah. 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 And then of course, Creighton, the love of my life. Everybody is a little gay coded (laughs) on this show, but Creighton is my fave because he's just this, you know, data, (laughs) data walked so that Creighton could run. I guess that actually, no, no, that timing works. They were on, contemporary yeah, but he would but Crichton would run with his arms like out to the side a little yeah <laughs> i can see it exactly um <laughs> yeah. well no he has a he's a, his Crichton walk right where he's like yeah. he's like pigeon toed yeah 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 and Crichton was serving on a ship full of dead people and then they took him off and were like do you want to serve on a ship full of yeah. fucked up live people and that's our red dwarf crew <laughs> uh yeah and we're talking about camille and which is, like i said and holly of course the computer the the woman in the show or no the holly's the guy what's the woman computer there's two computer voices no there, it, it is holly at this point but they became like a female avatar for this season this series and next so series four and five that's what it's it is. A lady it's a lady holly but it's still just holly right and then after series five is when they lose red dwarf and when they get it back it's back to uh guy uh, holly back to the guy yeah right this is the thing about Red Dwarf, before we dive right into Camille quickly. Uh, I love when Red Dwarf takes place on the Red Dwarf. Like, the ship is, the so- is like, the center of all the good jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, this episode nails that. It's entirely on the ship. Uh, after Series 8, they, you know, would do the, like, comeback movie, the comeback season. And that was where my binge stopped, was we hit, like, Series X, and it was like... Yeah. That's the... Se- I know Earth. there's... Yeah, back to Earth. There's and I a, thought that one was a numbering, charming. There's a numbering issue. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that one was like, like charming back to Earth, and had I think its jokes. Series X. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But then there was one more after that where they were back on a Red Dwarf, but it like looked too good. 
and i don't remember yeah. if that one was funny that's where i stopped was the one the returns even uh so i just felt like once yeah. as soon as they got off it like i didn't care anymore and then because it just works so well it's a wonderful set and they improved the sets in series four from what i remember because it's dinky but it doesn't feel yeah, dinky so series series four uh behind the scenes they were filming the first three at at bbc manchester and then that yeah. place was being renovated so they got moved to i think to london so they were all like on a uh. real studio set um while the other one's being rebuilt so they, in the commentary they talk about like oh we felt so fancy we felt like a real show we weren't like banished to the north like up to manchester <laughs> so, right so we felt like they made it so yeah i mean i haven't i have just as a quick throwaway for for that note because they were in a different place there uh um what's his name uh there's like the guy who's like the unofficial extra dwarf uh tony hawks he's the one who does like the waiter and the, the better than life guy and stuff like that oh sure but he was the warm-up yeah, he was the warm-up comedian for the audience, but he wasn't oh. available in London. So he wasn't available in London for this. He he comes back later as uh, as um, Caligula in the the Wax Droid episode, but um, but because he wasn't available, uh, they had like different stand-up comedians in London, and on this season, uh, a young Eddie Izzard was the warm-up for Red Dwarf. No kidding. I'm like, how how did how did Eddie never come back for the show? it's kind of crazy did, it's just funny ever... like the, the fact well it was it was the fact that it was like on the in the booklet that said it for my dvd it was like and this is whenever eddie still wore trousers and i was like they had no idea what they were talking for eddie in 2004 yeah <laughs> Since right, then. Right. i think eddie yeah. just like goes by she her pronouns nowadays right like the... well i think i think that what they said Flexible? was that every day they wake up they'll wake up and they will decide on who they feel like that day i think it's, i love it's that something like that yeah, they're very, very fluid about it. I, I aspire to be like that. I don't know about AC yeah. politics, to be clear, but I know that about them, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, Camille. Yeah. This episode Camille. was written by the crew, Rob Grant, Doug Naylor. They wrote almost all of the show, and it aired February 14th, 1991. Valentine's Day. Oh, Yeah. 33 yeah, years ago. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to air. It wasn't supposed yeah, to air. Yeah, can you tell Valentine's the kids Day. this trivia? Tell, tell the folks. Yeah, yeah. So the episode was originally supposed to, wasn't supposed to air first, but it got moved whenever Meltdown, that Wax Droid episode I was mentioning, um, was held back because it had a war story and they didn't want to air it during the Gulf War, like H.W. Bush's Gulf War. Uh, so they moved it up. But then they were also like, hey, let's also put Camille on Valentine's Day, which I'm like, that's perfect. It's an episode um, about love. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. And then the Gulf would be better. Oh. 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 Um, what would you, do you want to attempt to improvise? Actually, I have a summary, but I want to see if you can improvise a summary for this episode. For the hope. Okay. So, uh, Crichton, Crichton is, uh, it has, oh no. So it starts off with Crichton is trying to learn how to lie. Uh, what if he's trying to figure out what an apple and an orange and a banana is. Um, <laughs> but then, but then he's not able to, because if he's got the problem, um, that, uh, he's programmed not to. Uh, he's able to lie for a little bit, and but whenever the cat shows up, we get a, a really good recreation of what is it? What's what's my fruit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's my fruit? We should, oh, we should audition for it's what's a, yeah. It's a banana. Yeah, it's a banana. Orange. 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 <laughs> Orange. I can't do it. I can't get that eye. But yeah, it's so good. <laughs> um, but enough of the programming kicks in that uh, whenever he's on a mission with uh, with Rimmer. They get a distress call of a planet that's about to be destroyed. And even though Rimmer says not to do it, uh, Crichton flies down and saves Camille. 
who is a uh, female android, the same model as him, uh, mm-hmm. with a with a an, an aromic uh, WD forty that seduces him. Uh, <laughs> but, what is uh, that fragrance? It smells divine. What is that bloody? WD forty. Yeah, <laughs> but then uh, you know he's, he rescues her, and then when she finds out that there's other crew members, she's hesitant. But he's like, "No, you gotta, gotta get out. Or you're gonna die." They get back to the ship, and that's when we find out that Camille is a chameleon, and that she's a gelf, a genetically engineered life form that is designed to look like the optimal mate. Uh, not unlike uh, a Star Trek original series episode, uh, the Man Trap. Um, oh, good app. Yeah, or I mentioned to you as well as the I think it's the gift. Is that what it's no, what's it called? The the one with Famke Jansen there of Next Gen, where it's like the ultimate. No, mate. Is it the gift? I know the one you're talking. Maybe talk uh, I might be mixing up the episode name of it, but yeah, the one with Famke Jansen. Um, but uh, in this case, we find out that per- Camille the per- uh, is perfect not mate. the perfect mate. Ah, perfect mate, the perfect mate. Um, the, but yeah, so we go. F- so yeah, so so Camille looks like an android to uh, Crichton. To Lister, she looks like Kachensky. Uh, Camille is how it's credited, but you know, a biker right. girl. Uh, she was supposed to be Christine Kachensky, but they couldn't do it. Yeah, they couldn't work it out. Uh, and then for the cat, he just looks like the cat. Like, yeah, obviously the cat's just into himself so much that he would fantasize about himself. I love whenever Camille's leaving, and they're saying sorry to everybody, and yeah. the cat's just like heartbreaker, like it's so. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, so yeah. bitter. Oh. He's so bitter. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even understand what's happening. <laughs> but um, but uh, before we get to before that happens, uh, Crichton admits that he doesn't mind that, that you know she is actually a green blob with a big eye. Uh, that he's he just <laughs> loved her for who she was. So they go on some dates. They watch Casablanca together. They fly around and do spinning maneuvers to romantic music. And then that's whenever, while they're having dinner at Parrot's uh, restaurant in the Red Dwarf, that her her genetically engineered life form spouse shows up, and Crichton is forced to to lie to convince Camille that she should go with her designated spouse, and uh, he did learn to lie after all, and he did it to protect her, and it's just like Casablanca, even to the point where Aww. the episode ends with. Crichton saying, we'll always have parrots. <laughs> Which, whenever I asked you to do this episode, I just was like, oh, it's the we'll always have parrots episode, because I don't remember. I didn't remember it was called Camille. Right. Yeah, but, it's not yeah. a memorable But you knew title. what I meant right away. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's what happens in this episode. That's that's the, the, the quick and dirty of it. But there's a, a whole arc for, for Crichton. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dave and the cat talk about Hammy the Hamster for a little bit. <laughs> Rimmer's <laughs> there. Rimmer's there, but he doesn't really Rimmer's have like to do barely in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> I, think, I think his funniest line is just like when he sees Camille's holographic version of him. Uh, he's like, you look just like my was it my my cousin? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> which which I'm like, just after I sent you a clip of <laughs> Rivers into cousins clip. <laughs> so there's all yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I like your uh, I like your note. I like your note that she wanted. What did you say about the holographic Camille? Uh, <laughs> oh, leather wear leather jacket wearing lesbian from Liverpool. <laughs> um. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're now reading that I can sometimes get a little bit horned up in my notes, and that's why I don't say these things out loud. <laughs> I, I'll, 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 I will bait you into it. Yeah, you I said... You said, uh, yeah, holographic Camille wants to touch his hard light, which made me made me laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that being a thing, right? That Rimmer, like, didn't that have comes hard later, light. Yeah. Well, that would have been That's the kind of first weird. thing. It was like, I mean, you know, you can't you can't dissect logic in a Red Dwarf episode, but it was no. like, well, she's a hologram. How can she be on the ship, right? Like, there's, yeah. you can only run one hologram at a time. Stuff right, like right, right. They break their own rules yeah. constantly. It's fine. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It isn't. It's not. It's not hard science by any, any imagine. Um, I but, think um, that the cold open to this, or not cold. It's not a cold open, but the opening to this episode where uh, Lister is trying to teach Crichton how to to lie and cheat is mm-hmm. the funniest like single gag scene in Red Dwarf. Like it's just by <laughs> itself. It's so memorable, and it's so like it's characterful too because. You have, you know, you have Dave being like, like, you need to be a piece of shit. You need to learn how to lie. And you have Crichton, this sweet little angel man who's like. It's a survival skill. Exactly. He's like, what is that? That's a banana. What is it? It's a banana. Uh. And then he's like, it's a. Uh. And I just love the way Robert Llewellyn does the, like, robot not functioning. Or he's like, it's a. Uh. Stalling. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I am. Um, this is a good big reason why like Magellan and I get along well is he does a lot of like vocal things that are just funny naturally, like vocal sounds. And I giggle right. at things, things like this easily. I like, it's so easy to make me laugh. And so whenever Llewellyn does the like, I just like bowl over laughing. And then at the end when he's like, <laughs> he's like, all right, your ultimate test is you need to be able to tell Rimmer that he's a smeg head. And he just can't get the words out properly. So he, he's <laughs> like, he finally says it to Lister. And then he's like, all right, now do it to actual Rimmer. He's here. He's like, sir, you're a smee. He. He. <laughs> a smee. And the, I remember. In the comment, in the comment, in yeah, the commentary, ahead. Robert Llewellyn saying, like, it's like the by far the number one thing that people ask him to autograph on photos of himself is like, can you autograph this smee? And he's Aww. like, oh, it, just, it takes the longest because <laughs> it's so many smee. He. Like, he's like, I'm going to cover the photo. <laughs> yeah. In ease. Yeah, it resonates um, with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my coworker would always quote that one. She quoted that one at me before I knew the context of it. And I was like, she's like, someday you'll get this. And then we finally got to this episode. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Um, Crichton also says an incredible line. Uh, Spin my nipple nuts and send me to Alaska. Which <laughs> yeah. is just a top, a top 10. A top 10-er for him. I forgot the bit of this one. So I was like, oh, this is the one with girl Crichton. Because isn't that his wife in real life? Or they were dating at the time it, it, it's his girlfriend married. at the time yeah yeah they got and married at the they were get yeah, their girlfriends at the time they got married and then they had two kids and he talks about how whenever later on his kids watched this episode and then he saw one of his kids crying and like why are you crying it's like Aww. mom turned into a slime <laughs> <laughs> like, like and I was like, yeah, they would, be, you know, watch that a little too early if it's your mom turning into a slug. And then you're like worried that your mom's been a slug this whole time. Am I half it's slug, relatable. mom? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Craig Charles is also dating uh, the woman who is uh, Kachansky bought in this. Yes. Yeah, Kachansky which got. was, again, it was, it was, it was going to be like someone who looked like Kachansky, but then that actress, didn't. it didn't work out. And they were going to show like Kachansky footage but then again they couldn't clear i guess for some reason so it was the kind of a last minute where they got her to come in and redo the scene as mm-hmm. as what's quote as credited as kachansi camille 
but he's actually not even in the scene with her. Like they just they like they spliced it together. Like they're never in the same shot together. Oh, don't say that. Now I, it breaks the <laughs> it breaks the magic of that for me. No, 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 it's pretty good. It's it's all. I mean, uh, I will say the cat wasn't in the same shot with the cat himself. You know, so mm-hmm. there's still magic there. But I thought it was. I mean, they've. I, I presume. I don't know how long that relationship lasted, but you know, we're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I wanted to ask was like uh, <laughs> the. Uh, when you go to Parrots, because it's like a restaurant, it's like, is it just food mats? Or like, I was imagining like the Scudders going around, like serving drinks and stuff like that. Cause they make the Scudders do everything. I love, I love that idea. Just like watching, like, cause like they're so bad at everything. Like them trying to like shake up like a martini or something. It just, yeah, exactly. It'd be a mess. It'd be a mess. I was trying to look up. I have, a, I have another question. The parents. Okay. Go the ahead. Parents. I have a question for you. Okay. It's a romantic question. Okay. Okay. Mary, Boff, Kill, Lister, Crichton, or the Cat. <laughs> Whoa, huge! And then you can't choose Rimmer because he's a hologram. He's just gonna be cuckold over in the corner with what you chose. Yeah, he's so. and he's still soft light, so you can't even like do anything. He's still soft light, but he's but he's like he can't leave. He's just gonna be like second. Yeah, so Mary, Boff, Kill, Lister, <laughs> Crichton, or the Cat. I think yeah, I've already confessed. Mar- you already confessed some Crichton love, but yeah, I yeah. think it's Mary, Crichton, Boff, Cat, and then kill lister i like lister i kill the last charming right kill the last thing i think well i think i think i killed the cat i don't think he wouldn't be good marriage material and he's probably a selfish lover (laughs) that's actually true that's a really good point i just think lister would be a lazy (laughs) like lister is like he's like sorry because i have simpsons on the brain he's like if if homer simpson was 20 or however old he is in this show no i i think i think of i think of like because you think of like other episodes with lister he's like remembering the girl that got away and he like he you know he knows he made a mistake but he was like yeah good to her and like you know and then he gave that mer- that that memory to to rimmer and it was all like rimmer even describes it as like i was you know i was so in love and then i started getting like making excuses and being afraid of and stuff like that right. so i think i think for i, I it's you, you buff lister uh-huh. uh and then you but you do marry Crichton because like he's he's the perfect like house husband you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah i love it no they're all they're all very <laughs> i just don't like well, yeah that's why i think the reason this episode is good is i don't like uh I, I i've had rumor frustrating sometimes i think he's amazing with lister i think they're like so perfect but often I was just like, okay, this right. is a Rimmer plot, and I don't really care. Like he's gonna be annoying. He's gonna fail at everything. A Rimmer centric like the... episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I usually don't like a Rimmer centric episode, so this is like perfect peak dwarf uh, ensemble <laughs> for for me at least. Fair, um, fair. And, and I enjoy the pleasure gal reveal, like the way it, it's obviously clearly a ton of sleight of hand, like changing the actor from shot the the actress from shot to shot, and the joke being like the comical misunderstanding like you who are you talking to why how did you do that trick where you said something and he heard something else like what's your trick there and the slow realization of like oh and not only that but like this is something i like about red dwarf is like the the characters are not mean to outside forces they're just like oh that's weird and for Crichton to be like i still kind of want to date the slime monster pleasure gelf and then she's like no but i have a lover and then right. it be- and they kind of pull the wool over your eyes or, or remove the wool and they're like, it's a Casablanca thing. And you're like, that's really funny. Cause in the first like five minutes of the episode, doesn't Lister mention like how he's making Crichton watch movies. And I think he even brings up Casablanca and it's like, yeah. They, yeah. They well, Crichton brings it up saying like, Oh, Mr. Lister's showed it to me. I, 
a number of times or something like that. Yeah. But it's like, it's funny because I, re- I can't remember if it was series one or series two, but it was like they had turned the ship around and they are running and they're like intercepting the mail packages that have been following them for two million years. Yes. And he's, and they're like, oh, look, it's the new remake of Casablanca. And he's like, mm-hmm. I can't, he says something along the lines of like, oh, I can't believe they're, they're going to remake that again. And then he mentions like, this this version was the definitive version, but it was like a remake of it itself. Like it, I can't remember what the the casting was. It was very British actors that I didn't recognize. But the idea is like he might not even showing him the Casablanca that we know. Like it's the it's like the remake from like 2050 that hasn't yet been made. Exactly right. There's no way they're watching. Yeah, the old old Casablanca. Well, again, in the, in the commentary, in the interviews, I think it was Doug Naylor, one of the creators, saying, mm-hmm. like, if we tried to license any footage from Casablanca, we wouldn't have any money left for <laughs> for the rest of the season. For I'm like, yeah, that's, I, I believe that. Well, they um, talk about, like, you know, it looks like a sci-fi sitcom because they don't spend a lot of money on it. Like, it was actually, like, when, it always came under budget, and that was one of the reasons why we got so many seasons, because they didn't spend a lot. Well, and they they put the budget in the right places, like costuming and yeah, you know, basic like just having the right couple of sets and reusing those sets forever. Perfect. This show is like very economical yeah. with that. Well, the first three seasons, the way you see it now, because the VHSs we had back in the day had the original special effects, which uh-huh. were pretty eighties. Uh-huh. Um, only later on did they go back and clean it up and put in like some CG and stuff like that. So these are still the model shots. At least the episode I watch, the episodes we're watching right now, but. Like oh right the exterior stuff with CG, yeah they re- they re- they clean it up and they touch they touch up the models and stuff but there's also like some CG stuff they they added it's a little it's a little Star Wars George Lucas yeah. re-editing a little bit but it, not, not egregious. That was something I really also didn't love about they got the new season was that it looked good like the exteriors were like not model were they yeah. still models or are they just full CG I don't remember after 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 um series six no uh uh-huh. not six series six is bottles series seven seven and eight are cg but there's yes. like it's kind of like a transition season i think yeah is there a season where they spend most maybe i'm misremembering or maybe i'm only remembering one or two episodes where they spend a lot of it on like a prison planet or something is that a red so whenever they've they've so yes and no so your you, your memory's mixed up but in that they find the way back to the red dwarf and then they yeah. use uh, I think it's Crichton's nanites have been they can they stole the red dwarf, uh-huh. and um, whenever they finally intercept it, they had stripped it down, so they made them reprogram and they rebuilt the red dwarf because um, they like uh-huh. land on a planet and they think it's a bunch of dust storm, but it's all the nanites have broken down the red dwarf, so it rebuilds uh-huh. the red dwarf plus the crew, and then they get they try to do some stuff because you know they're not used to having a, a command structure and they get caught so they get sent mm-hmm. to the prison on the new red dwarf and that's what the whole season uh season eight yes season nine yeah. something like that the, the the last of like what i would say is like the golden like block of show is is them basically being like prisoners on it they're like the it. Canary Division, where they have yellow suits and they all go on suicide missions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you're bringing back yeah. memories yeah. now. God, there's so yeah. much Red Dwarf in my brain. Like, it's up there. It's just not <laughs> accessible. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're reprogramming you one episode at a time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. this is the next initiative. 
No, just to be clear, it's not. I'm just kidding. We're doing a funny gag here. I also watched this like in the last four years. The Simpsons Initiative yeah. started in like 2014. I had to basically rewatch it in seasons one and two yes. to get back into it. Um, other notes that you have, Pat. Other things you want to talk about with Camille? Uh, <laughs> uh, What's My Fruit feels like a game that you would have on 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. Uh, I've seen that. <laughs> they would like like uh, Sean Locke would have had figured that one out. Um, I do generally think that um, like I, don't know, I know it's his future wife, but like they generally have like a really cute chemistry, and and it's like pretty difficult with having an a shoot eraser for a head, you know, between the two of them. Like uh, <laughs> I generally believe it. It's it's really nice. Um, what other notes? Does it describe it as that in this episode? Uh, I, I can't remember what I can't remember exactly. It's not this episode, but that's like the uh, I think it's whenever. Uh, in next season whenever or oh no it's this season the, the dna where he gets turned into a human and he like describes mm-hmm. as like oh finally i have a real face not the like chewed eraser right eraser head or something like that yeah so i think it's next episode um okay, okay. uh I'll, I'll mention that um i've watched casablanca and i actually didn't really like it <gasps> uh, I, I know i know it, it, it's it's mostly it was i felt over underwhelmed about it in that uh, I've seen so many things borrowed and enhanced or just changed about what Casablanca did that uh, I've just seen it done better. And it's just like, I, w- I wasn't like, oh, dis- like I wasn't like horribly disappointed, but I think sometimes you watch older movies and you're like, wow, that like no one's touched it. No one's done it better than that. But I kind of felt like Casablanca mm-hmm. has been done. But like, like it's a wonderful life. Like that one's been imitated so many times, but that original is just like so good like it, you know as an example of an old movie that's been remade holding up against all the remakes but uh yeah, Casablanca. Yeah. so i mean i tortured you before with dms where i said oh you know uh let's have a remake starring lin-manuel Miranda. god cursed idea pat really good. <laughs> I, I, I i i spoke it out loud and it's now it's now been willed into the ether um golly and that's a, that's a uh i guess my last note that i have about the episode is that the hammy hamster which is just so not connected to the story it's just the cat and lister watching hammy the hamster which do you know what that is did you watch that uh, no it's a, a, i looked it up though right it's a real australian yeah. like c- cartoon or something uh, or no, uh, well the one i watched was it's it's, it's <laughs> what i watched was like an actual hamster on like basically like it looked like the scale of an hl model train set and they would just like have a narrator be like, Hemi the hamster was on his way to the bank, you know? Yeah. And it was, and it was, just, but it was like character puppets, but it, they used a real hamster and stuff. But apparently that, that whole scene was, they filmed that. It was cut from the episode. Cause they're like, this has nothing to do with Camille or anything else. Mm-hmm. But then Craig Charles and Danny, uh, Danny John, uh, really, really liked it. And they, they said it was kind of like the, the season's version of the, Wilma Flintstone conversation they had last season. Uh, so they oh. kind of pushed it. They, 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 found, they found the space for it, so they put it back in. But it's like, it's I liked it because you talk about like the world building and it's like, the, the, you know, there's only the, the three, let's say the four of them at this point. And what else do they have to do is just kind of sit around and like argue about like useless things or have conversations about things that don't matter. Like it's kind of the less offensive version of it's always sunny where they're like just four people just hanging out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because you're a million years in space and you got nothing better to do than watch every episode of Hammy the Hamster or the Flintstones or like as they run into the mail the mail drones they get like more TV shows and like that's all you would do they just they're in the pandemic forever you're exactly what if you were that is a good point like thinking of I never thought about Red Dwarf as a COVID show but it kind of is like these are I mean for you was <laughs> right no yeah. I mean because for... I mean you don't think about that when you're in the middle of it you think about it afterwards right like I guess watching watching like the leftovers and the prisoner during COVID, I was like, I was like, oh god, these are so relevant. (laughs) And now I'm like, now I think of it more so. But yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, also I I mentioned this to somebody going back and listening to leftover episodes of the chats, and I was like, oh my god, this is a time capsule of a time capsule. (laughs) God, I love that season of Pod, and I love that show. And I just recently met Mm -hmm. somebody who is a big leftovers fan. So I'm just saying, if you're a leftovers fan, then you are cool to me. That's all I have. <laughs> put uh, put it on your business card. <laughs> honestly, I wish I could just put on my dating apps. Like you must like the. I, I would. I don't want to be snobby like that, but it does. Like sincerely, you know. Add, like, no, but a, you would have. It would be the. <laughs> the joke is, I'm not a leftovers fan, but I mean that in the food wise. And my girlfriend gets so mad at me because oh. she'll make meals and then I, it's like if there's leftovers in the fridge, I'm like, ah, I don't. Can I just make craft dinner <laughs> instead? <laughs> i don't know what it is i just don't don't i don't deal with reheated food as well <laughs> some food doesn't heat well like fish almost never heats well and people are always like no you're doing no. it wrong it's like no no no. i had uh haddock this week and i had it it was so good when i had it and then i reheated it for lunch it tasted like but when you reheat it how did you reheat it like i'm sorry I no i didn't microwave. reheat it i know i actually just let it get to room temperature oh okay okay like, naturally so that's and a bit I was better. Like, this... yeah Cause yeah, I know if you I reheated think, it, it I, smells bad and it dries out a lot. I think I think the only option for reheating fish is is it in a pan. I think that's the only viable way because you can stop it from drying out with the right oils or like the right. That's serum. a good idea. Like, yeah, I forgot. Like that I wouldn't put it in the oven because that'll just dry or microwave. Yeah. It'll just destroy your microwave. Yeah, right. air fryer maybe. Yeah, clean it well. I've been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been trying to use my roommate's air fryer and recently and. It, it's so it gets so messy so fast i i, I used um baking baking soda and white vinegar on it though and it was like a, a religious cleanse it went from 100 to zero. Oh, okay it's awesome so hi hi shout out my chatsum today is <laughs> baking soda and white vinegar to clean your air fryer out uh, <laughs> pour those uh, in for, some for boiling water to... for reheating things if you have coconut oil that's the best in the pan. It doesn't really alter the taste. Yeah, it doesn't alter I the see. taste of it like I think olive oil does or something else. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Pat, oh, I wanted to ask you romantic questions really quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. How did you meet your girlfriend? Oh, um, so uh, I had a friend from college who invited me to bar trivia. And uh, I was doing until until basically until the pandemic. I did trivia every Thursday night for about, I guess, eight years, seven, eight years. But halfway through that, uh, amongst the table of the people, they're like, oh, I'm going to bring this girl who I work with, somebody else at the table. Uh, I'm going to bring somebody else from work who knows a lot of, you know, useless knowledge as, as much as uh, we do. Uh, and then uh, that's how I met my girlfriend, uh, you know, friend of a friend brought to trivia and I, I impressed her with the rest of development references uh, that I would wow. always in the conversations. Well, I think, I think, uh, it might be remembering it wrong, but I think, you know, this is back. I might've looked at her Facebook profile and I saw a rest in development and I'm like, okay, I'll drop 
I'll drop that knowledge out there. Um, and then uh, our thick, yeah, you know, eventually we just we started hanging out afterwards. We finished trivia, go to this barcade that sold pierogies and pinball, as they advertise. Pierogies. Uh, then we went. Oh uh, yeah, it's great. Oh, it's so good. It's called House of Tark. Shout out to House of Tark. It's in a basement across from my favorite independent movie theater called the Mayfair, and uh, that's where we would hang out for for all the times. But uh, that was we've been together for almost eight years uh wow. together for about five uh and or it gets more closer to six um and um yeah then we have our kitty cat that's our little fur baby i said so no babies on the first date but uh, you know i brought a cat with me so she had to accept him too but uh, that's how we met and that's how we are together our first um, date was independence day of resurgence and it was hilariously bad but we both like enter- were entertained by how bad it was, so that's that was another chemistry check. Uh, that's so sweet. It shows to show, by the way, that if you're a little weird and you have a lot of dumb references in your brain, then girls will like you. <laughs> well, you got to know when it's when it's working. I think that's the advice I give. Because I've had that argument with people with what's the difference between a geek and a nerd, and I'm not putting down nerds, but okay. how I look at it is. A nerd is someone who talks a lot and doesn't realize they're talking too much. A geek can, is someone who just talks passionately about what they're geeking out about. Interesting. But, they, also, but they, can, they can check and balance it, I think. So like, you can be a music geek and you find another yeah. music geek and like you guys are just like exchange LPs until you exchange STDs. But <laughs> so, bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so bad. Wow. Yeah. I just got it. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted to mention because I don't know what what uh, this is just what a bonus chats. I think is how yeah. you're gonna label it because it's like it's like a quick little bonus pod, but it's on like a Valentine's Day. So I was gonna yeah. say we call it a, call it a, a Q pod, as in like Cupid with you know the what? letter Q. <laughs> bonus Q pod. <laughs> this is the beautiful thing about the the brothers uh, at Infinite Love is that like. You guys just have infinite energy and like ability to make these references that you know john and i will often be like who for sheesh or like we laugh at it but it's like i get them i just can't it's kind of like you guys are the human incarnation of the simpsons season four where it's like how do you make so <laughs> many of these you always have one in the tank and it's impressive like i'm being sincere you know i love to be sincere uh yes. it's impressive and i know like you, that's a great point you made about the difference between nerds and geeks is like self-awareness basically um yes and i i consider myself to be like sometimes hyper self-aware where i'm like am i talking too much am i annoying somebody so i go the other way around and often like become a people pleaser which has its own set of fun problems but mm. uh, yeah I, I guess i'd, I'd consider myself based on your a definition, people geek. More, oh, geek a peep oh wow See, this is their <laughs> response this is their response is is oh wow i uh, so this is this is you know uh, brothers at infinite lore um so you oh know twin brothers we are we're going back we're going back to kindergarten here and the teacher you know i think it's a parent teacher or some kind of event like that where they're talking to my parents and the teacher's like we're concerned that the brothers <laughs> we'll, say, we'll just say the brothers at infinite nap nap time um yeah. they uh you know, their speech development isn't progressing as quickly as the other children. And we're worried uh-huh. about it. So we would suggest that you go to like a speech therapist for the boys. 
and then like, this, as the story goes, we had a we had a meeting with the like, speech therapist, and then the speech therapist came back. It was like there is actually no problem. In fact, they're actually more advanced than everybody else in the classroom, because my brother and I could talk to each other so fast because we've been talking to each other since we shared the same crib, that our vocabulary oh. and s- speed that which we talk was throwing off our teachers. They thought we were speaking gibberish, but we were actually speaking so fast it was like the therapist was like you could record them and play it back and it's there. They just say it so fast that us old, old adults <laughs> can't keep up. With yeah. We can't keep up. And then we got to pop culture reference level. And it was probably when we got to around like six or seven, where we got ghostbusters and goonies and all the, all the VHSs that we watched over and over again, like red dwarf and nobody else had a chance to ever, you know, get a word in. Uh, so uh, now we share that into the chats discord because we were always making bits and uh, making references and improvising you know it was just what we we did since the crib boys from the crib boys from, oh my <laughs> god so i just realized i've never heard you and nick at the same time which is wild like in the same oh room. i mean we make the joke that like we can never we would like to do a podcast together but you wouldn't be able to tell the difference so it would just be two people it's entirely talking- possible two people talking over each other like just not you know <laughs> never like pausing to let the others speak. like right i have to remember when i'm talking especially whenever it's like with you and magellan i feel bad because i'll like i'll, I'll speak up because i'm excited and then i realize i stepped over someone and i'm like i'm sorry and in magellan's you're like oh no no it's okay you go ahead because you being That's the good so hosts beautiful. but no, but and nick and i we don't have that we don't bother with that for each right other. right <laughs> We just, just keep, keep going over each other yeah yeah we, 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 we turn off politeness we don't we don't we already know the the the, the non-aggression treatment is uh is gone <laughs> <laughs> well the war continues and i'm happy to hear it i have one more quickie for you i know you we have to you have to go oh, soon yeah. That's um <clears throat> do you believe in love at first sight no no Ooh. Pat, I feel like from what I'm understanding about you, you might be a bit of a realist or like a not a pessimist. Like you consider yourself to be that way. Um, you know they say like if you have a glass that's half full or half empty. If I see uh-huh. a glass that's fifty percent of liquid, I was like, who drank half my water? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're a pessimist. You're a bit of a pessimist. I, I, I'm I'm an accusatory pessimist. Uh, uh, I I think <laughs> I think I don't think I've ever encountered the love at first sight. I believe okay. in chemistry, and I and I've I've felt that in my life multiple times. So you, you meet someone, you have a genuine connection. But I also know that uh, you know things go ninety degrees whenever you start talking to each other, and they don't get your Arrested Development references. Um, <laughs> but but I'm I don't believe in love at first. I I believe in uh, chemical attraction, mechanical attraction in that like you can just be like you can lock on to somebody and they can lock on to you and there's nothing wrong with that. But is it love? I don't go there with that. Not that quickly. Yeah. yeah. You you saw oh. past lives, right? Yeah. I, I think I even told you like you should see it and then then I know that you said somebody else uh, told you that you should see it, but I thought yes. it was great. Yeah. But I also am like the type that like this is pretty early on dating my girlfriend, we went and saw La La Land. And oh I, whenever we get to see the, like, what could have been segment of that. Yeah, yeah. And we're in a dark theater and I'm with a girl who I haven't been dating for very long. And I am bawling my eyes out. Oh I my God. Absolutely bawling my eyes out because like you, you always have the what ifs and stuff like that. Like that's yeah. the other side of love at first sight. It was, it's, 
as the love of what could have been like at mm-hmm. any like mm-hmm. any level relationship I've had like it could have been one that was it was disastrous you know and you're glad that it's over but you just if you seriously as soon as you start thinking about what ifs then they can touch a nerve right but uh, yeah past oh, lives that's a, that's a beautiful movie like that movie a lot. yeah it hit hard i i don't it's not going to win best picture but it's so far of the best picture noms mm. it's my favorite because i'm uh, a sap 2023 of the noms 2023 i've seen them all but one right now i haven't seen zone, zone of, interest of interest yet yeah um but i think my favorite was it's my okay maybe my favorite is the holdovers but it's either that or i think it more likely to win but it's my favorite would be poor things but i don't think poor things will win no poor things way. Is, poor things is is too weird to win. I am so glad Yorgos Santimos is still making movies. Ever since I saw Dogtooth and that movie rearranged my brain chemistry, I'm like, you know what, Yorgos, you should make weird movies. <laughs> I have not seen Dogtooth. Oh I my have... god, it's so weird. But I've seen I've seen the Lobster and the Favorite. Yeah, I did. I did. I did a podcast about the Lobster back in 2016 that you can't listen to anymore, but I did do it. Uh, actually, no. you could listen to it if you know where to look. I'm just not going to plug it. Anyways, you can only um, listen to it if you find a spouse. <laughs> bingo. Uh, Otherwise, you turn into a, a, a therapist. What's the what's the technical term for a lobster? Uh, it ends with pod, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, an, an arthropod. Arthropod, yeah. But <laughs> because you're like, it can't hear the pod anymore, and I was like, well, you have oh to turn God. into God. An arthropod. An arthropod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should do an arthropod yeah. and call it Arthur. Hey, it's arthropod. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do one about the TV show, Arthur. Perfect, yeah, perfect, perfect. but you always have to slag off Jordan Peterson every episode. So I'm not in a committed relationship right now, but quickly to answer the questions, uh, how did I meet yes. my current person? Uh, we've been on one date. I don't even consider us to be dating yet, but we met over mm. on an app. Uh, and do I believe in love at first sight? No, I definitely don't. But I think that you – I believe in chemistry at first sight. Absolutely. Uh, I believe in attraction, and but like – Everything that's fun to me about love and romance and dating like happens over the over time. It's not instantaneous. And yeah. I think you can see that in a lot of movies and TV and that like it doesn't work like that for most people. I believe it. it maybe it happens it's... to some people and they can convince themselves that it was immediate, but like it just doesn't. I don't think it'll happen for me ever. I think I think, you know, I think you know a bit about this, but it's like how memories are formed by like neurons making new connections and i do think a big element not just like a chemical reaction but it is like you are building somehow like you know a wireless connection building pathways between two people and you build that like you look you know you look at you watch um i mean my other suggestion if it wasn't to watch red dwarf it was just to rewatch sherry met sally with you and all the interviews All the interviews with the older couples, and it's the best like part of the movie. Have, the best part of the movie. It is the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it, when you see the old people, and I'm like, I'll have what she's having. Is when that's, that's when I say that. But hubba 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 hubba. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all comes back. The, they they have blended their thoughts so much, and I'm not you know there's you know keep recurring jokes and. And, uh, you know, references and memories that you build together. But it is, like, the link that you form. I'm not saying a psychic link, but I'm just saying, like, you have built patterns into your brain by being with someone Mm -hmm. for so long that I think that is the actual 
point of love in a lot of ways. I think it's like you're uh, building yourself into the person you want to be, but the person you want to be is the person that's across from you. So it's, you know. Wow, that's you gotta, profound. You get that? Sure, sure. But I think, I don't think Shh. I uh, wrote the book on that. I think, I think a lot of your grandparents, people out there, they'll tell you something similar. Unless they, they just like it. bicker all the time because they, they, they got too close. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't want to share too much because, like, I don't – like I said, we're so early. But, like, we had a conversation sure. about this stuff, and it was just like, you know, what are you looking for out of this? And I kind of wanted to just be like, yeah, I want somebody to, like, make references with and, like, send memes to and be weird. Like, I'm not – you know, mm. I understand a woman dating a guy. There's – in 2024, there's this worry that I'm going to, like, push you to want to do things you don't want to. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'll do whatever you want. I just want to be able to be like, hey, guys, do you want to meet my girlfriend? And, like, that's fun to me. And yeah. I'm not gonna die if you're not if you're not into that. And I'm willing to compromise on so much. But what I request is that yeah, we can just be with each other and become a little bit more like each other and help each other out. You know, build yeah. each other up. That's all it is, baby. Some, sometimes when you introduce your spouse to your friends, it's like Shark Tank, right? You're like, here's my sales pitch, and they're all sitting in their chairs. Your friends. I have. <laughs> like, a, yes, I have been there for that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited yeah. to yeah. do it when if this if this one becomes serious. What's like, your pitch? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I've started it. I, at least some of them know. That's the thing. It's like you have the one or two that already know from date number one. Like, oh, I went on a date. And then the rest are like, so I met someone. Like the people that you don't actually hang out with that often. <laughs> you tell them, like, oh, I met someone. God, yeah. And I'm an overshare, so yeah. sometimes I'll tell everybody on the first date. And then they're like, so what happened? And I'm like, it didn't go well. Because uh, you just shouldn't <laughs> tell people that early. She because hasn't passed the test. Because you went to that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, the the added the added bonus, and I mean this in a loving way. The added bonus is whenever you bring your spouse to your family, and over time, your family likes them more than they like you a little. Yeah, like, yeah oh, I, found the, I found the right one. <laughs> because that is a good feeling. Because you yeah. you are the one that's been torturing your parents, your sister, and your brother with inane references for your whole life. Where and she gets to be a reset to zero. Normal. <laughs> she's well. She's a normie. Right. Like she's like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna know what to say during you know the the obscure Cullen family references. Like we have all these movies that like only my family has watched, and we'll, I, uh-huh. I show them to my girlfriend, and she's like, what are, What are the rules here? Like I, mm-hmm. I have my movie already picked out in my head for what my Patreon will be. Uh, and during the movie that I am thinking of, my girlfriend was like, what are the rules? And I just said, there aren't any, just go with it. (laughs) Are you like sanding paper, by the way? What's that? That's squishing noise. Oh, sorry. I was, I was, I was rubbing my hand across my mouse pad. My, well, it's like my Babylon five game mat that Nick sent me, but I was, I was rubbing my hand across it. I apologize. That's okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll clean it up for you. I'll make it nice and crispy sounding. Um, I feel like I was. I don't know how long I was doing that for. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I feel we'll like we'll work around it. This is a cash pod. Okay. It's a cash pod. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, Pat, where um do we do you want to plug? Rather, what would you like to plug? So I was thinking about because we are we're on Red Dwarf. Uh. So mm. uh, I think I mentioned it. So, um, Black Adder, Mr. Bean, Ooh. uh, Father Ted. If you have any Irish Catholic uh in your family that is a great show uh the creator of the show is kind of a monster but the show's great um it's the same guy who created the it crowd so if you know who that is oh hell yeah um, yeah yeah but but this is this is a great show it's got got a really great cast i always watch the christmas episode 
uh, Faulty Towers. I'm just gonna say my plug is Brett Combs. That's that's where I'm I'm landing. What's your favorite Britcom? What do you have one? Oh, Britcoms like British comedies. British sitcoms, uh, yeah. Best. I love the IT crowd. That's yes. I I IFC was brilliant for uh you know in like 2010 or whatever they started airing episodes of the IT crowd week to week and it, it mm-hmm. like deeply influenced me and a lot of other people in the United States who were like oh my god this is an amazing show. Yeah. Uh, now you know how to talk about soccer. Exactly. Does what we do in the shadows? Oh, he's having count? a laugh. <laughs> oh, what we do in the shadows? Uh, that is an American production. Um, You're right. But yeah. I, so I don't know if I I don't wouldn't count that as a Britcom. But that is an this amazing show. Last season's space. coming up. Last season is next season. I like want to finish binging. I stopped in the middle of season three, and I'm also like, oh, I don't want to be caught up because then I won't have any more. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, but honestly, there hasn't been a weak season. So if they go one season, True. even if it's even if it's middling, they'll have basically done like a, a perfect show. I have one show I want to show quickly finish after the Simpsons meme initiative, and then I might go back to WWDITS. But no other good show mm. British shows. I like Spaced a lot. Spaced <gasps> oh, that was the one I was. That was actually what I was going to plug. I just couldn't remember. I I spaced out. Nice. Spaced is fantastic. Um, <laughs> so good. Red Dwarf is uh, definitely a favorite. I think those are my big ones. I don't watch a lot of British television. Not yet. Not You're... yet. I feel it's... like it's it would be up your wheelhouse. Yeah, I I I liked like the pilot chats for Blackadder. I was like, oh yeah, I get it. I understand why people like Blackadder, and that's not even the best episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh my god, I just looked up best British sitcoms, and I found a show called The Britos Empire, which has the guy who plays uh, Rimmer as one of the main characters. Oh, I don't I don't know that one. The Britas, B R I T T A S, and there was yeah. there was a show, uh, there was a show that um, Ryan was really uh, surprised slash upset with me that I hadn't heard of. Um, oh, Usually it upset, it's Ryan. Usually <laughs> upset. Uh, the audacity that I had. Anyway, it's like a yeah. show that it's like I think it's like yes sir or yes I don't know something like that. But it's like he he shows up in. Babylon Five. He, he was please, in the episode please, of Babylon Five. Please, sir. Yeah, I think that was it. But yeah, the he shows up in in Babylon Five, and he was from that, and he was in Search of Enterprise. Oh, well, just as like Malcolm Reed's father, so like just a smaller right. role. Gotcha. But still, he was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ryan being upset with me. You ever want a free like in Letterbox reviews? Just make sure you include the words "yum yum," and then like Ryan is obliged to give your yeah, review. He'll like, like, yeah, he'll he'll <laughs> like appear. He'll just like assemble his body in front of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, I feel some YYE energy. Yeah. YYE yeah, energy yeah, makes sense because it's YYE. I know, I know. It was, ah! it was an ATM. It was chai like an ATM machine. I knew it. I knew it. ATM yeah, machine. <laughs> um uh, so that's, what, that's what you got what else i have okay i have a chai tea story <laughs> okay so i, I got at, i have nowhere to be you're the one with the out my friend i they my whole team is running late so by the looks of it so it's okay okay but, so i worked at starbucks and mm-hmm. they had this whole synergy with the tazo tie tazo tea and oprah oprah designed a new flavor of, of tazo spiced chai tea and <laughs> I would tell my regulars, like, hey, have you seen the photos for our new teas? 
And they're like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, yeah, if you go on the Internet, there's lots of new tea photos all over the place. New tea. And you can even find new tea photos of Oprah. I'm like, really? Yeah. There's Oprah new tea photos on the Internet. Oh, like nudie? <laughs> yes. Like nudie photos. Pat! Pat! <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a freaking sweetheart, so I'm going to give you a pass, but holy crap. A pat pass, but holy crap. <laughs> I just like wordplay so much. It's fun. What's better than that's why you like British sitcoms. It all comes back. Uh, it does. Yeah, the, the one I sent you the other day was the, the egregious one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna burn a chatsum because I only get to. I have to still do a chats episode this week, so I'm saving mine. <gasps> but and also, this is not technically a main episode, yeah. but I wanted you to have one, so oh, I will you. just say. Keep listening to the Couch Madness if you're excited to hear more about what's going to win this season and what we're going to watch it's all of. So it's looking like it's looking a very tense matchup. That's true. Majel and I are going to be recording episodes in per- and at least one episode in person soon, which is awesome. And happy timing wise, timing wise, what when does Couch Madness end and then the season would start? What's that actually look like? Is that oh, I have there is a there is an air table. There's a timetable. Okay. Yeah, Airtable is an app that website John and I use to schedule things and like make it's really good. And he does a really great job of putting the release calendar on there. Let me look. Let me look. Oh, okay. I'm trying to guess just like based on how many episodes are left, but I feel like we got to remember that tre- like there's going to be two more Trek chats before it's over. Right. Oh, sure. And then we take a okay. week off in the third. So I think it's 13, 14, 15, 16, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, he didn't schedule out past the finale. <laughs> Don't uh it should be like late march i think is when the show either late march okay or i was yeah I, I was I, I think i said april that's what i was thinking okay all right so it's like it's yeah. it's fast approaching it's kind of it's kind of surprising yeah because yeah, there's how quickly there's uh less eight. and less yeah well there's tick bsg which is coming on sunday then there's fringe death note the following week then there's mm-hmm. a check chats then there's gonna be sg1 xena then there's gonna be whatever wins versus whatever wins and then there's the final mm-hmm. and then we have a, i think we're gonna do a week off and then we start yeah. the show so oh, before we leave, point. I have before we before we leave, I have one thing I would like to ask you. Sure, go ahead. Since I said ask you, would you, will you sixty six one oh one one oh nine one oh five one one zero? Which is asking for will you be mine? <laughs> you know I will. Wait. How to say yes in ASCII. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. Absolutely. Happy Valentine's Day <laughs> to Happy you, Valentine's sir, Day. and to everyone out there. We love you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye.